Good morning, everyone. I'd like to welcome you once again to our online service here at City Builders in Sale. It's great to have you with us. Uh, for those of us that have been joining us for the last few months while we've been in lockdown, it's really great to, uh, to have you connect with us. And for our regular members, it's wonderful to have you back again this morning. If we could just pray this morning, that would be great. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today and for the season that we are in. And Lord God, despite what we see in the nations, we know that you are in control. Father, we pray, Lord God, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and, and uh, understanding in the knowledge of you. Lord God, I pray for an impartation into the minds and the hearts of every believer. Lord God, that you would give us an understanding of the times. And Lord God, during these unprecedented times that each one of us would know what to do. Father, we pray for those this morning who don't know you and are searching for you. Lord God, I pray, Father, that you would touch them and that their hearts and minds would become open to you. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. Amen. It's really great to have you back with us. Uh, it is now, just in this week, it's uh, one year since we opened the stables here after a huge uh, renovation effort. Uh, the stables here, the old Cobb and Co stables, are around about 140 years of age and we're in a real state of disrepair and God put it in our hearts uh, many years ago to, to do up these stables and it was like a dream that became a reality. And uh, today we're celebrating uh, that as a church or this week. Uh, so we want to thank God for his faithfulness and we also want to thank uh, God for all our spiritual sons and daughters, all the members in our church and all the volunteers that came and helped us and made this, uh, this dream a reality. Uh, the buildings were open on the 11th of August uh, last year and it was incredibly significant to have Dr. Jonathan David here. Dr. Jonathan David has become a spiritual father to me and uh, to many others who are in the church uh, here also. And he said some amazing things from a prophetic perspective. Uh, one of the first things he said in his opening speech here, he said, from this day, nothing will be impossible. And I personally take that as the word of the Lord. He said, when your dreams become a reality, it is a sign that you are living in the move of God. He also said, how amazing is it that you can hear a word from heaven or God can give you a vision and 33 years later it becomes a reality on the earth. When the word comes from heaven into your heart, that word is the authorization from above to act and it is also the raw material for you to build. The church uh, has a, this church has a supernatural hand on it and dreams like this don't become a reality easily. And we do thank God that over the years uh, that uh, I've been the leader of this church, uh, I was asked to be the leader on the 11th day of uh, November 1992. That was a day that God gave me in a dream eight years before. And I really feel that God has just guided us every step of the way. And, you know, uh, this is why in a day like this, when there are unprecedented shakings happening around the world, and tomorrow is so uncertain for many, we can be certain, we can be sure. And I know that there is a God in heaven who is looking over us, 
and, and that God is really uh, here this morning and He's with us, and He is more invested in our success than we are. This morning we thank God for the building, but the church really is not the building. Rather, the church is the people, and the most important people uh, that uh, you know, we have here are the ones, not only who invested in the building, but the ones that God wants to invest in. And that really is everyone who is part of us. That is the church in the truest sense. It's not just the people who attend, but those who are, but those who are watching on. God is interested in you. God has a future for you. And, you know, God gave me incredible guidance from the day that I answered the call and said, God, I want to serve you with my life. God began to speak to me and he began to, began to guide me, even through dreams and visions, such as the one I told you about, but also through prophetic words. And this is an amazing journey now that expands, well, as a leader of this church, 27, nearly 28 years. But ever since I said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, it was like God started to lead me and guide me to this place. And right now we are seeing the fruit of, uh, I believe, the response to God that I was able to give by the grace of God. So the, uh, the church is not the building. The building's great. I love this building. But the building is you. It is the people who have given themselves in service and in love to see this church become a reality on the earth. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2.5, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, you can get the building mixed up with the actual church, which is the living stones that are being assembled together in a very special way to build his habitation. And, you know, that's what this place is. Over the last couple of months, we've been talking about how a certain place can become an awesome place. And this is what happened to Jacob when he was called out towards Haran in Genesis chapter 28. Uh, so the, the church is really not the building, but the people. And the church building that we have reflects the nature and the character of the believers that contribute to it. And I'm thankful for that. Thankful for this year. Thankful for everything God has done. It's amazing. We've been open for 12 months and we've been in nearly six months of shutdown. But the church of the living God has never shut down. This, this church has never been as healthy as what it is now. There has been a call that has gone out to prayer and it is like God is gathering people from our church and even across the region so that we can pray together. And I will tell you now that God is building his church in the nations. Almost like never before. On opening night, Dr. Jonathan David spoke about how the book of Haggai would be very important to church, to our church. And it says in Haggai, it says that the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. You know, um, the church of the living God has always been up against obstacles. But do you know what? The greater the obstacles, the greater the breakthroughs. And I say this, you know, with no doubt in my heart today that the church of the living God in the nations is being built by Jesus and it is an unstoppable force. 
So we are very, very thankful for what God's done. We're very thankful that God has brought us into this building. And I can honestly say that this building is us. Um, one of the prophetic uh, declarations over this church on the opening night, uh, Dr. Jonathan David brought prophetically five uh, prophetic declarations that would be characteristics of this church. And he spoke about a period of 25 years, uh, sorry, 20 years of open heaven where we would be living under an open heaven. But one of the points he also said prophetically is that there would be a fresh revelation of Christ. Now I want to say this morning that this is more than important. This is actually critical. This is so, so important. This is something I really would pray that you get. You know, uh, there are certain things that you must know in your life if you are going to prevail in what you want to do. And the bottom line here this morning, you know, the word is a fresh revelation of Christ. But this is so important because Christ is to be the bedrock he is on which we build this church. In, uh, you know, we spoke last week about making the foundations more sure. And we spoke there about how the bedrock on which we build is none other than the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ himself. And we really need a revelation of that. You know, every day we need a fresh revelation of who Christ is. You know, our revelation can't be 20 years old or 25 years old because what that does is it keeps our mind in the past. But God wants us to be drawn towards the future and his plans and purposes. In other words, we can learn from the past, but we don't want to be looking back to the past. We want to be looking forward to what God has for us. So Christ is the bedrock on which we build. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it talks about how the day will declare the work. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, Don't forsake the gathering together as is the manner of some, especially as you see the day approaching. Uh, to give you a definition of what the day means, a day is a time in history where God intervenes. And to those that are on the outside of God's kingdom, that can be to their destruction and to those who have made a decision to enter the kingdom of God, that is to their preservation, to their salvation, and to their restoration. This is what the day of the Lord is. And in the sense, we are living in an incredible day where everything around us is being shaken, like we've never seen before probably in our lifetime. And the day is going to declare the work. You know, the, de the day will declare if the marriage is going to work. The day will declare whether your business is, going to, is built right and will survive. The day will declare whether the church will prevail uh, and advance and complete its assignment. So we need to build our lives well. But Christ is to be the centre of all that we are and all that we do. It's the central revelation of the church. And this is where Jesus asked Peter in, in John chapter 16, sorry, Matthew chapter 16. He asked him who, uh, who men said that he am. 
that he was rather, and Jesus uh, zeroed right on in, him, in on him. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16, Peter uttered the most amazing, profound words. And he said, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. Well done, Peter, you got that right. Uh, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. See, we need to understand who Christ is. And it really, we really can't have a full um, understanding unless we have had a personal revelation. I can tell you about him, and in my most enthusiastic manner that I can muster, I can tell you about the wonder of the person of Christ from my perspective. But it must become a revelation to you. And, uh, you know, during this season ahead, as we revisit the foundations, I would ask you to pray personally, and we will certainly pray as a church for a fresh revelation of the Christ. Because, you see, Christ reveals himself. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, he's unchanging, but our revelation of him is forever progressive and being expanded. So we need to know who he is. When I look at people, I think of what you need to know. I really do. I often think, well, what will happen, you know, uh, when my time comes, uh, you know, to, uh, to pass this on to the next generation? And, you know, we are a church in transition all the time. But this is a very important. I look at people and I think, what do they need to know? Do you know there are the must-knows in Christianity? These are the key competencies of solid breakthrough believers that you must have. These are the foundations. These are the core values that we live by. And these are the guiding principles, the governing principles that guide us. I am thankful for the building because in it I see the hand of God and what he has done us, how he has guided us, how he has built us as a team so we could do this. But this morning I'm thinking of you, and I want to talk about the must-knows. There's a couple of must-knows, there's things you must know. You know, uh, the first one is this, who Christ is in, in us. Who Christ is, rather. The first one is who Christ is. And let's face it, Peter got it right. You are the Christ, you are the Son, you are the living God. Now this is a really important question for you to be able to answer. Because if someone said to me, Brian, who is Jesus? I would have to say that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God without any hesitation. To me, Jesus was not just a man, but rather he was God in the flesh walking the earth. He was a manifestation of God on the earth. He was sent into the earth by his Father to destroy the work of the evil one. That is why Jesus was sent into this earth. You must know who Christ is. And when Peter was asked the question, after a little bit of, you know, poking and prodding for Jesus, Peter got it right. Do you know what? We need an ongoing revelation of who Christ is. Because the revelation of the glory and the wonder 
of God and who he is, the revelation and the wonder of Christ is being opened up before us as we walk with him. Do you know in the Old Testament there is a uh, concept that is taught in Bible colleges and it is the, uh, the concept of a theophany. And it is like Old Testament appearances of Christ. For instance, you know, um, Jesus uh, pre-existed. Before the foundations of the earth, Jesus pre-existed with the Father. He is co-eternal with the Father. He just didn't turn up on the scene 2,000 years ago. Mary was conceived of the Holy Spirit and Christ was born through Mary. But in the Old Testament, you see uh, uh, pre-incarnate appearances of Jesus. For instance, um, Melchizedek was an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. It's called a theophany. So in every book of the Old Testament, you can go through and you can see the appearance or the manifestation of Christ through certain leaders. And they are like a type of Christ that turns up in each book. And the, and the fabric of Christ through every book of the Bible, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revela- Revelation, forms an amazing mosaic of who this incredible God is, who came down to earth in the form of the person, Jesus Christ, who walked on the earth, who has always been, before the beginning of time, the eternal God came and walked in the person of Jesus Christ. So the first one we need to know is we need a fresh revelation of who Christ is. Number two, we need to know who we are in Christ. We need to know who we are in Christ. This is very important. This is the must-know. Oh man, I pray that, that, uh, you know, that our young people would know who they are because there is such an attack in this generation. You know, it seems like everything that we learned in the past has gone out the window. You know, the foundations, the, the Judeo-Christian foundations have been eroded in our nation. And, and uh, you know, all sorts of strange philosophies are being taught to this generation in the schools and in, in the institutions of the land. And there is an agenda that is driven by the spirit of the world to undermine who Christ is, to undermine who the identity is. And, you know, now we have basically a lost generation. We have a lost generation in the church. We have a generation wandering around the cities of our land that are lost. They don't know who they are. You know, uh, they, they have no uh, sense of identity. They don't know where they're going. And this is the attack that demonic powers have brought on this generation. Yet this generation, God is going to do something amazing. So we need to know who we are in Christ. This is so important because a whole generation don't know. You know, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Well, Jesus well and truly knew who he was. uh, But he wanted to make sure that Peter knew. That's the first thing. Number two, you need to know who you are in Christ. Because we live in Christ. In him we live. In him we move and in him we have our being. So, you know, 
I, I on my own have my limitations, but this morning I am in Christ. I know what it means to live in Christ. I know what it means to be in Christ. And that has given me such confidence and strength. This is a breakthrough mentality that God wants to give you where he will help you to prevail in the generation. Amen? Number three this morning, we need to know who Christ is in us. And we will talk that about that uh, in the future, I'm sure. So uh, this morning, you know, what I'm really talking about is the mystery of godliness. And this is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I apologise for sometimes getting my scriptures a little bit wrong because my mind is often going a little bit faster than what I am. Uh, but this is what it says. It says, without controversy, great is the mystery of God, godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy or without doubt, great is the mystery of godliness. In other words, when Paul wrote the letter, he said, without a doubt, in my mind, and within a, uh, you know, without a doubt, in the people who witnessed the resurrection of Christ, and without a doubt, those who have received the Holy Spirit, great is the mystery of godliness, God was manifested in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen by angels. He was preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world and received in glory. Great is the mystery of godliness. This is the mystery of godliness, that the God who created the heavens and the earth could come and live in human flesh and walk this earth. And this is what happened in the person of Jesus. Knowing, and more importantly, having a revelation that Christ is in you will change just about everything in your life. And, you know, I see people I love from time to time struggling and battling with their identity and, and unsureness and fears and doubts. But this morning, what God wants to put a seed on the inside of you which will begin to remove the fears, the anxieties, the doubts. The life of God is in you and you must know it. If you have received Christ into your life, then the life of God is in you and you must know it. Do you want to repeat this after me this morning? The life of God is in me. The day I received Christ and invited him into my life, the life of God came into my life. Thank you, Jesus. When I was at ministry school in 1988, which is a while ago now, I was captivated by my mentor at the time, who was a real man of the spirit. His name was Pastor Clark Taylor. And I was captivated by his connection and his understanding with the spirit. And it resulted in me memorizing several chapters in the Bible by heart from beginning to end. Amongst those was 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and Romans chapter 8. And really, as time's gone by, you know, God has so spoken to me about his plan for us, about uh, the potential of us, and about the incredible future that God's given us. You must know that the life of Christ is on the inside. 
This morning, we need a fresh revelation of who Christ is. And we need to understand that the Christ, who said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us, the same Christ is living on the inside of every believer by his Spirit. This is remarkable. And that is what we're talking about this morning. And if you can begin to even get it, your life will begin to change. You will begin to have breakthroughs that you never thought you could have. You will become much more stronger and solid in your faith. On this subject, I could talk for weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm going to try not to this morning. But I'm really sharing from my heart about something that is very important. I want to give you some really important points about the mystery of godliness this morning. Number one, when you were born, when you were born again, Christ has come into your life. The first thing is, when you were born again, Christ has come into your life. In John chapter 3, verse 3, a religious figure came to Jesus and began to question him. And Jesus said to him, his name was Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And this was a controversy because it is not, the, the, the whole question of Christianity is not about having a philosophy in your head. It is not about living by rules. Although there are standards and, and the Word of God sets the standards, sets the principles, sets the guidelines, it is not about that. It is about Christ, the Christ who walked the earth. It is about the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead coming to dwell on the inside. And this is what the new birth means. So for me personally, I was raised in church. I had a great upbringing. But it was not personal to me until at a specific time in my life, um, I was given the opportunity to really receive Jesus into my life. And that happened on our honeymoon. And for 41 years, we have been following Christ. It was like the minute I made a decision, as I said before, God began to lead me. He began to guide me, my wife and myself, in this incredible prophetic journey. In 1, Corinthians, sorry, 1 Peter 1 verse 23, it talks about how we are born again with an incorruptible seed. And uh, the, the word seed is very important because when we were born again, we received a seed. Say that after me. When we were born again, we received a seed. And this is the seed of Christ that I've received into my life. When I received that seed into my life, a process started. If I could draw a little bit of a parallel, it is like when a woman falls pregnant, you can uh, not notice any difference. But on the inside, something has already begun. A new life has commenced. And, and uh, this is an amazing par parallel. If you draw the same thing in the spirit, is that when you receive Jesus into your life, you have received an incorruptible seed, which is the seed of God's Word, and it comes into your heart, and conception happens on the inside of your spirit. This is what it means to be born again. A process has started. 
And if you keep giving yourself to the process, it can't be stopped because it is the incorruptible seed. It is born of God. It is God himself coming to live on the inside of you. You know, uh, this changes everything about your life because as we work with him, it becomes an incorruptible life. You know, the day that I took my wife's hand and we walked to the altar on our honeymoon and received Christ in Sydney, uh, 41 years ago, I had no idea what was happening. But we, from the bottom of our heart, received Christ into our lives right there, but it was an incorruptible seed. And this seed cannot be destroyed because it's the seed of Christ. It is an enduring seed. It is an eternal seed. And that seed has power in it. And in that seed is the power of a changed life. You know, if we have really received Christ into our life, then our life is becoming changed day by day. But we've got to work with the seed. You know, it is like a mum when she becomes pregnant and she becomes aware that she's pregnant, a whole lifestyle changes to guard that pregnancy. And it is like in her nature to do that. And, uh, you know, this is a very real thing that does happen. When the Spirit of the Lord comes in, when the seed of God's Word comes onto the inside of me, I am born again. And everything begins to change in my life so that that Word can fulfill its potential in my life. When you were born again, Christ came into your life in the form of an incorruptible seed. And it is the seed of Christ. Number two, a life-giving spirit that gives me freedom now lives in me. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 2. It says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. In verse 4 it says, Jesus fulfilled the just requirement of the law. He did something I or you could never do. This is amazing. Jesus fulfilled the old covenant. He fulfilled every requirement of the law. He did something that you could not do. Why? Because he was God in the flesh. And guess what? You were not God in the flesh. There's, you know, we can't fulfill the law. Like the scripture says, we've fallen short of the glory of God. And, and the scripture says that the wages of sin is death. You know, this is what the scripture says. Why? Because we fall short. But Jesus came onto the earth, God in the flesh, and he had within him, he was born of the seed. And this is an incorruptible seed that overcomes the world, that overcomes evil, that overcomes sin. And he fulfilled the just requirement of the law. He fulfilled, he lived a sinless life as a man on this earth and fulfilled the just requirement of the law. Now this is amazing because now we can choose to live by the Spirit. And the Bible says, for as many as who live by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, the Spirit of Christ lives on the inside of us, and I am being set free every day. Listen, you've got to know that on the inside of you, you have a life-giving spirit. 
Amen? You must know that on the inside of you, you have a life-giving spirit. I want you to take a moment wherever you are today to state this truth after me. A life-giving spirit that gives me freedom now lives in me. Now, I will guarantee you will not feel any worse after saying that. You know, so, so many times people are talking themselves down and saying, who am I? I don't know why, who I am. I don't know why I'm on this earth. You know, I don't know how I'm going to get by. But here, when the Spirit of God begins to come on the inside of you and that seed begins to grow on the inside of you, it becomes a life-giving spirit that's on the inside of you. It's life-giving. It begins to set you free. And, you know, as you begin to relate to this, the life that God has put on the inside of you, it'll set you free. It'll set you free from fear. You know, right now, the greatest enemy that we have to fight, I do not believe, is COVID-19. But it is the fear. It's the fear of the COVID. It is the fear of what could happen. We do need to know that there is a likely recovery rate of 99.62%, and it's even better and stronger if you were a Christian. But I'll tell you what, the fear is blown out of proportion across the nations by the media. So this morning, there is a life-giving spirit on the inside of you, and freedom lives in you. You know, you're being set free on the inside. This is my testimony because when I started out following God, I wanted to follow him. But I was afraid. I was afraid that God wouldn't provide for me. I was afraid that God wasn't backing me. You know, I was afraid of a whole lot of things. I was afraid that I would fail, that I wouldn't do a good job. But as I've walked with God, this life-giving spirit has been at work on the inside of me. God is setting me free every day. Tomorrow I'll be freer than, than today. I tell you what, when you cease to fear, you become a very powerful agent of the kingdom of God. And the life-giving spirit on the inside of you is going to set you free from fear. And it's going to set you free from doubt. You know, when I talk to a lot of young people, you know, this morning I really want to help the young people, you know, the teenagers, the school attenders and, and the young adults. There is so much doubt in their mind. You know, can I really believe that? You know, it's not what I've been taught, not what they're teaching me at school. Listen, when you become conscious that the Spirit of God is on the inside of you, you'll break every shackle. You'll begin to break through every limitation. You'll begin to cross every boundary. You'll become a very confident individual because you know who you are. And your confidence will not be in yourself, but it'll be in your God. So as we walk with this Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, He will set us free from slavery. You know, Jesus came to set the captives free. And He is going to set you free from slavery. What are you a slave to this morning? A slave to fear? A slave to addictions? A slave to self-doubts? A slave to your own poor self-image? You know, what is going on in your life? Are you a slave to pornography? Or are you breaking out that? Because I tell you what, everything that is causing you to be a slave, Jesus dealt with it at the cross. 
And now the Spirit of God on the inside of you is rising up every day. You are coming stronger and stronger every day in Christ. And I tell you what, you are going to be set free from slavery. You're going to be set free from the perversity of the culture. Let me tell you, you know, on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up and he, he spoke about being set free from the perversity of the culture. Man, if that culture was perverse, you know, it's almost like now we need to go back and apologise to them. Like, we are seeing perversity on an international level, next level. But you know, if you have that life-giving spirit on the, on the inside of you, you may battle with things today, but you'll be set free from tomorrow. You will become free of depression. You will become free of depression. Let me tell you, a lot of mental illness is tied up in the issue of identity and brokenness that comes from broken families and the perversity of the culture. Not all of it, but I'm saying much of it. And God wants to rebuild your life. God wants to put you together. But the way he does it is not outside in. You know, sometimes we think we need to go to the counsellor. And you know, the counsellor's fine and all that. But there is something far more powerful at work here. And it is the Spirit of God on the inside of you is a life-giving Spirit that is giving you freedom day by day by day as you become conscious of the fact that he is alive on the inside of you, you will break through. The scripture says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And this morning, there's liberty on the inside of me. I used to be restrained, careful, timid. But God didn't give us a spirit of timidity or fear. Now, I'll tell you what, fear this morning can cover a whole lot of areas of your life. Fear that you're going to be sick for life. Fear that you are going to be single for life. Fear that you are going to be broke for life. Fear of being rejected. But this morning, I'm here to say that the life of the Spirit of God on the inside of you is going to break every fear in Jesus' name. Number three, the Spirit of God is working to form Christ in me. The Spirit of Christ is working to form Christ in me. Christ is now on the inside of you and me. The Spirit of Christ is at work. There is a change happening day by day on the inside. The Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, you know that the outward man is perishing, but the inward man, the inward man of the Spirit is being renewed day by day. In other words, the old man. There's a few more aches than we used to have. The hair's thinning out, you know. Uh, all these things are a reality. The natural man is passing away, but the inward man is being renewed. You know, I believe that my best days are ahead. I believe I haven't seen anything like my best days. I'm just warming up. You know, I want to say this to every young person in this church. Your best days are coming toward you. Your best days are in front of you. Don't get caught in this thing of doubting who you are, doubting what your future is, doubting whether God loves you, doubting whether, whether other people love you. You see, you need to become Christ inside-minded. And when you do, you begin to walk into new realms 
of breakthrough, and this is what is going to happen to you. The Spirit of Christ is working to form Christ on the inside of me. There's a change happening every day. Paul spoke something in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, which spoke about his priorities. He made this statement. He said, it is no longer I that live, but it is Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. You know, this revelation of Christ living on the inside of him became a revelation that he lived out of and that he led the church out of. It is Christ in us the hope that is the hope of glory. You know, it's not what you can do. Although, you know, you know, we would never have built this church if it wasn't what you could do. But there is something far greater at work on the inside of us that is going to cause us to move towards breakthrough. And it is the fact that Christ is being formed on the inside. Uh, sometimes we have our eyes on the wrong indicators, our ministry, and we judge our ministry on the size or the numbers. A wrong indicator is on our popularity. You know, a lot of ministry is aiming to be popular. A lot of the focus is on success. Do you know what Paul said about all these things? They're done. They're done. In other words, anything that you have to do out of your own strength to make you look good, which I see a lot of in the church, is poop, according to the Apostle Paul. It's done. We need to refocus our life. Paul's priority wasn't the numbers, wasn't the popularity, it wasn't the success, it was Christ. And I can relate to this because I know this. You know, when you receive God into your life, it is like you hardly know that you're a child of God. But if you walk with him and you look after what God has put on the inside, that seed that is on the inside becomes a life. And coming back to that pregnant woman, when that seed is received into her body and she conceives, there is only the slightest change that is hardly recognisable and in most cases hardly recognisable. But as you watch the months go by, that woman begins to become obviously pregnant. And this is a great picture of what it means to carry Christ on the inside. You see, there must be a change. Over a period of time where the change becomes internal, but it is obvious if you were looking from the external. Paul prayed this prayer in Galatians chapter 4.19. He said, I labour in birth until Christ is formed in you. He was labouring, groaning, crying out until something came forth. It is the revelation of who Christ is at the start. And you know that seed is taken into their life. Paul was crying out. He knew that if he couldn't see the obvious manifestation of Christ in the church by the time he had left the picture, that the future of those people may have been uncertain. 
And this is how I feel very much about the generation that is arising on the earth. Do you know what? There's so much technology, there's so much information, there's so much demonic influence, there's so much worldliness, so much humanistic philosophy, and our young people have got to deal with it all. This is the answer to that generation. Receive Christ into your life. Receive Christ into your life and work with that seed until Christ is formed on the inside of you. You know, uh, this is an amazing miracle that can happen. This is the mystery of godliness. Do you know what? Godliness is not good behavior. You know, godliness is not niceness. Godliness is this mystery. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. You know, that Christ came onto the inside and he walked on the earth. Now, the Spirit of Christ has come onto the inside of you and the mystery of godliness can continue on in our generation. So Paul's priority was uh, that Christ would be formed. You know, so, so, you know, it's nice to be success and it's nice to be popular and it's nice to have a big successful ministry, but do you know what? That's not so important to God. You know, we can be building our lives on those things and they're poop as far as God is concerned. This is far more exciting. The life of Christ can be formed on the inside of me. It is Christ in me, the hope of glory. So I need to work on the Christ part of my life. I am a human being. I I am a spirit and I live in a human body. And now the seed of Christ has come onto the inside of me. And as I work with that seed and give preference to that seed, the life of Christ, the nature of Christ is being formed. Hey, listen, I have a new life on the inside. I have a new life to live. I have a new nature. This seed will give you a new nature. Sometimes your old nature is your worst enemy. But when the seed comes in and begins to grow, you become partaker of a divine nature. This is the incorruptible seed. You have a new expression. You know, we used to express ourselves in a certain way, but now God is giving us new ways of expressing. And you know, I see this building as one of those. God will give us a new way of thinking. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 2, I said I um, memorized that whole scripture in the Bible. It says, you know, that the natural man cannot receive the things of God. Do you know what? We can be in church and we can have such a natural way of thinking. But the scripture says, eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed those things to us by his spirit. Where? In the inner man, on the inside. This is Christ on, in me. And, the, and it goes on to say that the natural man cannot receive the things of God, for they are foolishness to him. And, and at the end of chapter 2 it says, but you have the mind of Christ. You know? So, you know, when you become a Christian, you might have a damaged mind, you have, might have a fearful mind, you might have an anxious mind, you might even have a dirty mind. 
But I will tell you what, when you begin to work with the seed of Christ on the inside, God will set you free so that Christ can manifest through your life. Number four this morning, the Spirit of Christ is in us and will bring us to the next level. You know, this is amazing. The Scripture says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know, it is a remarkable thing, but when you have the Spirit of Christ on the inside of you, He will always bring you to the next level. And this church, the City Builders Church, I would almost call it like a school of the Spirit. It is a church that is bringing every believer to the next level. God doesn't want you to stay on the same level. He doesn't want you to be battling the same old demons, but he wants to bring you to the next level. God wants to set you free from every hindering spirit. You know, I had my opposition along the way, but God has shown me how to break through. And, you know, sometimes the opposition that we have is what God uses to form us and to make us. So the Spirit of Christ is bringing us to the next level. Day by day, every time we walk with Him, every time we lift up our hearts and pray, every time we yield to Him in obedience, we are going to the next level. So when I receive Christ into my life, the Bible says I was given the right to be called the children of God, a child of God. But as I walk with God day by day, I'm not just an ordinary believer, but I'm becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. And as I am discipled by the Spirit of God, I become a mature son of God. And in this generation and in every generation, God is waiting for the revealing of his sons and daughters in that generation. Jesus was revealed as a son of the living God. But now the Spirit of God is living on the inside of you individually. And if you will say yes to him, he will put you on display. This is what he did with Joseph. This is what he did with David. This is what he did with Elijah. This is the spirit of sonship that comes on believers when they continue to say yes to Jesus. The whole of the earth is not waiting for a new ministry. It's not waiting for a charismatic leader. It is not looking for another mega church. The whole of the earth is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. And in Romans 8.14 it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. This is how you become a son. You keep saying yes. You keep yielding. You keep following. You never quit. You grab hold of the destiny that God has given you. You know, when you get a, a prophetic word, you write it down and you begin to lock it in. If it lines up with what God's saying to you. You know, uh, when, when you are given an opportunity to be discipled, you go to the next level. When you're given an opportunity to serve, you say, yes, this is the pathway to sonship. You're not called to be ordinary. Ordinary believers, you'd hardly ever know what they believed. But when someone receives Christ into their life and they continually work with that seed, they begin to break through. 
Number six this morning, the Spirit of Christ will help us in our weaknesses. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know this, that all things work together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, this is really interesting. The Spirit of Christ will help us in our weaknesses. We can't fail. If we keep saying yes, we can't fail. He is in you. You allow him to lead you. You allow him to make you. You allow him to live through and you'll become everything that God has called you to be. But here, we don't even know how to pray. And you might be thinking that this morning. I don't know how to do this. Well, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. A little testimony, very powerful. About four months ago, four or five months ago, my wife was awakened in a dream in the middle of the night. And she was called to intercede for an infant in our church. And she saw that child drowning. And she thought it was a nightmare, but she began to pray. Within a fortnight of that event, that little infant was on a family outing and fell into a lake. It was just amazing. But do you know what? God sent someone to the rescue who was able to go into the water and find exactly where the infant was. And that little child was preserved from death. This is the power of prophetic intercession. We don't even know how to pray as we ought, but God will even awaken us at night and begin to speak to us and pray through us with groanings that cannot be uttered, the scripture says. This is spiritual intercession. This is the spirit of God that is at work on the inside of us, making intercession for the saints. How remarkable that is. I tell you what, I would not live my life without Christ in it. Because, I, you know, I don't know what would have happened if my wife had not awakened and been given that burden in the middle of the night. Number seven, the Spirit of Christ is a victory spirit. Listen to this. It is a matter of time until the tide turns. The great reversal in the nations is happening. Joseph experienced it in prison when he was locked away in the prison cell and he was called up. He was called up into the palace. Daniel experienced it when he was in the lion's den and, and uh, in the fiery furnace. And, and uh, he was called up and promoted. You know, you see this over and over through the scripture. These were men who had the spirit of God on the inside of them. And it was recognized by worldly leaders. I tell you what, you will have setbacks and you will have hard times. You may have experienced loss and disappointment. You may really be struggling with different things this morning. 
You may be discouraged and despondent, but this is never the end. It is just part of the process. This is what the Scripture says. And we know that all things, say that after me, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. I've had some dreadful things that have happened to me during my life but I've responded to God the right way and they've worked together for good. I am here because God brought me through process. It is never the end. It is part of what God is doing. The church that is full of the Spirit of Christ is unstoppable. Amen? And we need to invite Christ daily right into the centre of our being. The life that is overtaken by the Spirit of Christ is indestructible. And even now we can see young people coming forward in our church and it is like their life, they have the indestructible life of Christ on the inside of them and nothing can stop it. Do you know what? We were created for victory and the Spirit of Christ is a victory spirit. You know, where the, wherever the Spirit of Christ is, there is liberty. And if anybody has in them the Spirit of Christ, they will keep experiencing the resurrection factor. Amen? Now listen to this. This is back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 13. And the Lord said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And the word seed is capital S. It is talking about Jesus. It's talking about the seed, Christ. You see, the problem with mankind is not, uh, you know, uh, poverty or, or uh, you, know, uh, you know, violence or all these things, although they are the symptoms. The problem is sin. The problem is that we have departed from God. But here, the Word of God prophesies in Genesis chapter 3.15 about a seed. And this is the seed that was planted in Mary that gave birth to a life. And when you are born again, this is the seed, the same seed that comes to live on the inside of you through the Spirit of Christ. The Bible says that if you have the Spirit of Christ, you are His. I want to ask you this morning, have you got doubts in your mind? Have you got fears? Do you really know who you are? Are you battling? Then I believe the answer to that is in this message that I've spoken this morning. It is in you knowing who Christ is. It is in you receiving the seed of Christ into your life, which is an indestructible seed. It is you letting that seed becoming everything that it is called to be. And in the end, the seed takes over. And then you come to that place where, like Paul, you can say, well, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives on the inside of me. And the life that I now live... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Isn't this the most amazing thing that God can do? 
It is the miracle of godliness that God can come and live on the inside of a man and over a period of time, a man or a woman, and over a period of time, make them just like Jesus. This is remarkable. If you wanted to begin that process this morning, then you can receive that seed into your life. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, Jesus made it very clear to him that there is only one way that we can be made whole, only one way that we can be reconciled to God, and it is to be born again. To be born again in the truest sense means to receive that seed of Christ's life onto the inside. So this morning, if you would like to do that, maybe for the very first time, then we're going to pray. If you've been watching on for a while and you know that you're not where you should be, then please pray this prayer with me. Let's bow our heads together. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in prayer, asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that Jesus is your Son and that he died on the cross at Calvary that I might be forgiven and have eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. Father, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and I ask you right now to come into my life and be my personal Lord and Saviour. I repent of my sins and will follow you all the days of my life because your word is truth. I confess with my mouth that I am born again and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been wonderful to have you with us this morning. And I can assure you that if you prayed that prayer with all sincerity, then Christ has come into your life. And that seed is now in your spirit. And what you need to do is work with that seed. I would like to invite you to uh, get in contact with us through our website. And we're able to give you some, uh, some information that would really help you on your journey so that that life can become consolidated on the inside. If you're not from this area and maybe even from other nations, I'm sure that we can put you in, a very, in contact with a very good church who is able to help you. God bless you. And uh, one day I'll look forward to seeing you in heaven with me. God bless you.